Welcome to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Your host, Leonard Birdsong, is a law professor, a former diplomat, and a former federal prosecutor who's here to inform and entertain you with a mix of humor, opinion, and information. Now, here's Leonard Birdsong. Yes, sir, it is Leonard Birdsong on Leonard Birdsong Radio. So happy to be back with you. This is the beginning of my second season. Today is June 15th, 2017. As you know, my show is a unique blend of humor, opinion, storytelling, and information. I'll never provide you with fake news, but I will give you some true dumb criminal law stories that might make you laugh out loud. And uh, I may have some news tidbits. Today I want to talk about a little bit about Flag Day, which was yesterday, the possible constitutional crisis that we're going through. I'm going to read some dumb criminal law stories and inform you about some things uh, about possible impeachment. All right. Let's get started here. Yesterday, June 14th, was what was known as Flag Day. That's the day we honor the flag of the United States of America. Most of you probably didn't celebrate it because it's not a national holiday. It's a holiday only in one state. Betsy Ross, who made the American flag, the first American flag, didn't receive credit for sewing the first flag in 1776 until 40 years after her death. They finally recognized her for creating the American flag 40 years after her death. The colors chosen for the flag were chosen intentionally. Red was for valor, white was for purity, and blue was for justice. The old red, white, and blue, that's what we call it. Only one state, Pennsylvania, observes Flag Day as a legal holiday. So if you didn't live in Pennsylvania or don't live in Pennsylvania, you may not have known that yesterday was Flag Day. In my neighborhood here in Florida, several people had their flags out, and that was a good thing. I want to move on to some dumb criminal law stories, kind that I collect and have been collecting over the years. It's my hobby. As a law professor, I write about serious things in the law. I write about refugee law and criminal law and evidence and things like that. But I also uh, find, collect these stories, and I like to read them on the air. You have to listen to the headline. They're sort of funny. And then the stories, they're all short. As a matter of fact, you can go to my blog, www.birdsongslaw.com, all one word. And you can see some of my stories and read some for free. I also sell some books of my dumb criminal law stories, and you'll find them on my website, leonardbirdsong.com. So here are some stories to start this second season. The first one from South Africa. Here's the headline. Quote, good they weren't stealing watermelons, end quote. The story. We learn that police are in trouble after videos emerged of them catching apple thieves and then pelting the suspects with a stolen fruit. Western Cape officials in South Africa are investigating the potential misconduct. Ouch! Good they weren't stealing watermelons, huh? Okay, all right, all right. All right, our next story comes from Tennessee. The headline, Anglers with Too Many Fish, Moon Landover. 
Strike that. I'll read it again. It, the story comes from Tennessee. Anglers with too many fish moon landowner. The story. Police arrested two fishermen for allegedly catching more than the legal amount of fish. The arrests came after a landowner reported the two men trespassing by Yellow Creek on his property. When the owner confronted them, they, quote, mooned him and tipped over a nearby porta potty Mark Jones, 35, and Robert Wildridge, 28, were caught with 35 smallmouth bass, 30 more than allowed by law. All right, it's not that it's not that funny. I, I still don't know why they turned over the part of porta potty. But here's another one from Utah. Headline is very simple. It just reads Weirdo. A man sued the state of Utah recently for the right to marry his laptop computer. Chris Severe claims that if same sex marriage is constitutional, he should be allowed to marry his computer. In response to the suit, the assistant attorney general, the assistant attorney general of Utah, David Wolf, wrote simply, quote, simply put, marrying a laptop computer or multiple partners are not rights protected by the Constitution. Here, here. <laughs> Weirdo. Washington State. Headline. High on Glade. A Seattle motorist who went berserk after rear-ending a police car said he was high on Glade air freshener fumes. This is according to a police report. The man questioned near SeaTac International Airport reportedly snatched his passport from investigators. He also defied commands, stripped his clothes off, and when asked if he had been huffing a can of Glade found in his pocket, police said he replied, quote, Oh, yeah, a lot. <laughs> High on Glade. Come on. <laughs> Another story out of the state of Washington. Headline on this one. Flaming failure. Burglars using a blowtorch to break into an ATM at the Coastal Community Bank in Everett, Washington, earlier this month, were caught. No, they weren't caught, but they did break into the ATM. There was one problem, though. They burned up all the cash inside the ATM, and they fled empty-handed. They have not been caught so far. <laughs> all right. Let's come on. Let's move on to California. The headline, it really wasn't a Coke machine, but... We learned that a 25-cent putty ball toy at a Bell Gardens, California restaurant dispensed to a child contained a white powder that tested positive as cocaine. Alerted, police seized 17 other toys from the same machine at Taqueria Los Altos that combined held 136 grams of cocaine worth $10,000, according to the police. We learned further that the child did not ingest the drug and was just fine. Now, this is not part of the story, but I've never heard anything like this. Could drug dealers be smuggling cocaine from Mexico, perhaps, into 
putty ball machines that are in restaurants and then later on they retrieve the cocaine? Never heard of such stuff. All right, let's move on to the state of Maine. Headline. Itchy and scratchy, maybe? A man was so furious that he did not qualify for financial help. He released a hundred live bedbugs inside of Augusta, Maine City Hall. The unidentified man slammed a cup full of the little bloodsuckers on an office computer. Strike that. It was an office counter, sending the little bedbugs scattering and forcing officials to close the building for a cleanup. Quote, we've never had anything as yucky as this, end quote, said city manager William Briggio. My God, bed bugs in City Hall. All right, Rhode Island. Irony, said the headline. A thief was filmed by surveillance camera stealing three surveillance cameras. He was recorded hiding the three security cameras in his jacket at a Walmart in Warwick, Rhode Island, then walking out of the store and driving away in a silver van. The suspect is still on the lamb. Irony. Caught on tape. That is caught on surveillance tape, stealing surveillance cameras. Here's a strange one from across the pond, United Kingdom. The headline reads, Busted. A British pot smoker was so paranoid that someone was hiding in his attic, he called police to his home where they found a large stash of marijuana. Police arrested Kane Spargo, 33 years old, of Camborne, after the officers discovered $1,500 worth of the marijuana weed and $940 in cash in the attic. I can see why he was paranoid. <laughs> Here comes uh, the last one I have uh, for the day. We're back in Washington State. The headline, you want Coke with that pizza? Two Papa John, two Papa John's workers made extra dough, dough in quotes, by selling cocaine out of pizza boxes in the town of Sammamish, Washington. This is according to a police report. The unidentified employee sold the drug four times to undercover detectives using the code, quote, give me extra olives, in quote. Police allege that the workers were caught with $28,000 in cash along with cocaine, ecstasy, and LSD. You want Coke with that pizza? <laughs> All right, then. Well, again, these stories about dumb criminals go on forever. I've got more of them. As a matter of fact, I've been working on some new stories. The school year is over, so it gives me time to work on these stories. Like I say, you can find find them and read them for free on my blog. Just go to www.birdsongslaw.com, and uh, you will see some of my stories. Or you can go to my website, leonardbirdsong.com, where you can buy some of my books. It's a cute hobby I have. I enjoy it. Now, before we go to our first break, let me give you a few tidbits that I've found over the last few weeks. Here's the first one. It comes out of Japan. A Japanese company 
can help bring out the warrior spirit in your furry friend. Samurai Age, which specializes in handmade samurai paraphernalia, recently went into the pet business, launching a line of samurai armor for your cat or dog. Prices run from about $40 to $160. Now, I'm not sure who wants to buy samurai warrior armor for their cat or dog, but if you're interested, they are doing it. Samurai Age, it's called. Here's another one. This one comes out of out of uh, Michigan. This is just a news tidbit. A Michigan woman was arraigned last Monday for allegedly taking objects from local cemeteries. This included a handmade bench and flowers, using them to, direct, to decorate her own home. Janice County Sheriff Robert Pickle called 44-year-old Lisa Cochran. Call 44-year-old Lisa Cochran's alleged thefts of more than 100 items as a new low. Now here's an awful one. Just a news tidbit. Comes from Utah. The headline, Teeth Pull Rap for Ma. A Utah woman who pulled two of her screaming son's teeth in a Walmart restroom was charged with felony child abuse. The 47-year-old woman bought hand sanitizer and needle-nose pliers from the store, then took them into the restroom and pulled two of her seven-year-old son's teeth. This is according to prosecutors. The boy's older brother heard his howls and got him out of the restroom on, in late April. The boy told his mother that one of the teeth was loose, but the other was only slightly loose, court documents say. Prosecutors say the woman not being named to avoid identifying the child, didn't use any other kind of anesthesia aside from the hand sanitizers. Boy, glad mothers weren't like that in my day. <laughs> well, anyway, this is Leonard Birdsong Radio. I have more for you to come. We're going to take a little break now. We're going to come back, and I'm going to talk a little bit about what's been going on in Washington, D.C. Are we heading for a constitutional crisis based on the alleged Russian meddling into the 2016 election. Stay with us. More to come. Consumer Debt Counselors is a company that will help you get out of debt. Consumer Debt Counselors is a licensed, accredited nonprofit agency that specializes in educating people about credit and debt and helping people resolve issues with debt, even student loan debt. There are so many federal regulations. Most people have more options than they realize, and Consumer Debt Counselors can uncover all of your eligible solutions, including lowering your payment or getting out of default. If you want a partner that will work with you to achieve financial success, talk to the team at Consumer Debt Counselors. They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, so these guys are the real deal. Your first consultation is free, and all sessions are kept confidential. Give them a call at 1-800-820-9232 or go to ConsumerDebtCounselors.org slash birdsong. The number again is 800-820-9232.
Although he's been involved in serious criminal law work over the years as a prosecutor, a defense attorney, and a law professor, Leonard Birdsong knows that it's good to stay grounded. That means not always taking criminal law so seriously and instead just having a good laugh at some dumb criminals and their dumber crimes. Several years ago, he began to collect and compile weird and funny criminal law stories. He shares some of them weekly on his TalkZone Internet Radio program. And now you can read more of them yourself in one of his 14 humor books. He has two book series, Professor Birdsong's Dumbest Criminal Law Stories and Professor Birdsong's Weird Criminal Law Stories. They're available for purchase in either paperback or Kindle edition by going to the author link on the homepage at leonardbirdsong.com. Leonard knows that you'll get a few good laughs, or at least a few chuckles, from his collections of dumb and weird criminal law stories. Check them out for yourself by going to the author link at leonardbirdsong.com. Welcome back to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Yes, I am the Leonard Birdsong of Leonard Birdsong Radio here on TalkZone. Back, back with you. Happy to be back with you. I was on hiatus for a while at the end of my first season. This is the beginning of my second season. The day is Thursday, June 15th, 2017. Glad you're here with me. You know, I spent much of my life in Washington, D.C., was a federal prosecutor there, went to college there, worked as a defense attorney there, had my own little law firm. I wasn't in Washington during the Watergate crisis 44 years ago. I just graduated from law school, but I certainly kept up with it. We were in a constitutional crisis with Watergate. We had a sitting president, Richard Nixon, who was involved in a cover-up of a burglary of the Democratic National Committee offices in the Watergate building in uh, Washington, D.C. in 1972. In 73, the House of Representatives started drawing up articles of impeachment against Nixon. He was not impeached because he resigned, the first president that I know of to ever resign as president of the United States. Now, there haven't been many, many impeachments. The remedy for removing someone from office in the government comes from Article 2 of the Constitution. I'm looking at it here. Article 2, Section 4 says the president, vice president, and all civil officers of the United States, that includes federal judges, shall be removed from office on impeachment for and conviction of treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. Now, impeachment means that you are found guilty of one of these things, treason, bribery, or other high crimes or misdemeanors. Impeachment is done by the House of Representatives. Your trial is in the Senate. The first impeachment was in 1868, where President Andrew Johnson who had been, who had been the vice, the vice president for Abraham Lincoln, attained office. He was not popular with many Republicans. He did a lot of things that they didn't like, and he was impeached in 1868. His trial went to the Senate, but the Senate did not remove him. He held on 
by one vote. They needed one more vote to get him out of office, so he served out his term. The next time impeachment was tried was 1973. That is when the House started writing articles of impeachment. But um, Nixon decided to resign in August of 1974 before there was a impeachment. Of course, there was then our President um, Clinton, Bill Clinton. He was, in fact, impeached in 1998, I think it was, or early 1999. He was impeached. His case, his trial went to the Supreme Court, I mean, went to the Senate, and the Senate failed to remove him from office. Now there is talk about maybe impeaching our sitting president, Donald J. Trump. I don't think it's going to happen. But let me tell you what's happening. We know that, or many of us know, if you read the papers, look at the news, President Trump has been dogged by an investigation about whether he and his campaign colluded with the Russians to help throw the 2016 election to Donald Trump. Donald Trump says there was no no collusion. However... The investigation goes on. The investigation, much of it was a counterintelligence investigation done by the FBI of the United States. On May 9th, Donald Trump fired the FBI director, James Comey. He said on a later television interview he fired him because Mr. Comey would not get rid of the Russian, supposed Russian investigation. And I can tell you a lot more about that, but this is the point that I'm getting to. In 1868, Andrew Johnson was indicted. I'm sorry, he was not indicted. He was impeached, and one of the articles was of impeachment was obstruction of justice. In 1973 or early 1974, when Congress started writing the articles of impeachment for Richard Nixon, the first article of impeachment was obstruction of justice. In 1998 or 1999, when uh, Mr. Clinton was impeached, the first article of impeachment was that Bill Clinton had perjured himself and had obstructed justice. So now all of this is to say that yesterday, that is June 14th, we learned that now the special prosecutor who's investigating the Russian probe has indicated, or people around him have indicated, that Donald Trump is under investigation for possible obstruction of justice in firing the FBI Director, the FBI director is supposed to be independent of the pre- of the president. He had a ten year term. He had only served about four years or six years. I'm sorry, he had four years to go. He wanted to stay there. So again, my own opinion is Donald Trump probably won't be impeached, but it's tantalizing that he's being investigated for obstruction of justice. Now, what is obstruction of justice? I have the statute here. 
It's found in Title 18 of the United States Code. It's Section 1503. It says, among other things, influencing or injuring officer or juror generally. Whoever corruptly or by threats or force or by any threatening letter or communication endeavor to influence, intimidate, or impede any grand jury or pettit jury can be prosecuted for obstruction of of, uh, obstruction of justice. It goes on anyone who corruptly or by threats or force or by threatening letter or communication influences, obstructs, or impedes or endeavors to influence, obstruct, or impede the administration of justice will be punished for put in jail for 10 years. That's the obstruction, that's the obstruction of justice statute. Now, basically, the Justice Department takes the position that you can't indict a sitting president. You can only impeach him. So if Mueller, that is Robert Mueller, who is the independent counsel, finds that there was an obstruction of justice by the president, they can send it to Congress, and maybe Congress will vote for impeachment. I think it's unlikely, but there are other people who've weighed in. How did we get to where we are right now? A lot of people don't like Donald Trump. I'm not taking his side or I'm not really arguing against him. He is the president of the United States. However, there are some people who have weighed in on this that I thought you might want to know about. One of those people is called E.J. Dion. He's an opinion writer for the Washington Post. Sometimes you'll see him on television. He talks uh, about things going on in the news. Mr. Dion, on June 7th, wrote that Trump doesn't understand how to be president. And firing Comey shows this. Dion writes, succeeding in politics in a democratic nation is different from making a go of it in business. A business that's centered on one person or in an autocracy. Almost all of President Trump's problems can be traced to his failure to grasp this concept. It's not surprising that Trump's warmest words have been reserved for autocrats. They run things like the way he likes to run them. No objection, strike that, no obnoxious media, no annoying political opposition, no independent judiciary, no need to show any concern about the people who work for you. Despots can make them disappear. It's no accident that, quote, you're fired, end quote, is the phrase that made Donald Trump famous. In Trump world, everything is a deal. Everything is transactional. Everything is about personal loyalty to him. What can I give you to make you do what I want? What can I threaten you with to force you to do what I want? Will you be with me no matter what? In constitutional democracies, rules and norms get in the way of this sort of thing. Other institutions in government have autonomy and derive their authority from being at least partly independent of politics. The boss does not have absolute power. This is how we should understand former FBI Director Comey's extraordinarily prepared statement that came out last week, or just a week before this program, in advance of his live testimony. You know, and we talk about all the things that Trump said to him. I won't go into it right now, but I want to end what Dion says 
And when I say Dion, that's Dion, E.J. Dion. He writes, there has been a lively debate, there's been a lively debate among Trump critics about whether he's dangerous because he's inclined toward authoritarianism or because he's incompetent. The Comey firing episode allows us to reach a higher synthesis in this discussion. What is that? Trump is incompetent precisely because he believes he can act like an autocrat in a constitutional democracy. This doesn't work, and it makes him do stupid things. Trump operates as president if he were still running the Trump organization, as if the rules that worked fine when nobody challenged him are being used now. His worst mistakes flow from his profound misunderstanding of a democratic society. Well, that all may be true. I've got more to talk about, but we're going to take a break. This is Leonard Birdsong Radio. Be back with you. Stay with us. Consumer Debt Counselors is the company that will help you get out of debt. Consumer Debt Counselors is a licensed, accredited nonprofit agency that specializes in educating people about credit and debt and helping people resolve issues with debt, even student loan debt. There are so many federal regulations. Most people have more options than they realize, and Consumer Debt Counselors can uncover all of your eligible solutions, including lowering your payment or getting out of default. If you want a partner that will work with you to achieve financial success, talk to the team at Consumer Debt Counselors. They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, so these guys are the real deal. Your first consultation is free, and all sessions are kept confidential. Give them a call at 1-800-820-9232 or go to ConsumerDebtCounselors.org slash birdsong. The number again is 800-820-9232. Now, back to Professor Birdsong for more Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Yes, this is Leonard Birdsong still with you. I've been talking about the potential constitutional crisis that may be brewing in Washington, D.C. Washington is my home. I've been here in Florida for many years now teaching law, and it's been very good. However, there was Watergate. That was one of the, not the only impeachment hearing. It really didn't go through to impeachment. Congress prepared articles of impeachment, but Richard Nixon resigned. One of the people who served as counsel to the Watergate special prosecutors back in the 1970s was a fellow by the name of Philip Allen Lacavera. And recently he wrote a little piece where he says that the president had specifically attempted to shut off at least a major piece of what Trump calls the Russian thing. That is, that's why the um, president fired the FBI director. Now, this kind of presidential intervention, Mr. Lacavera writes, in a pending criminal investigation has not been seen, to his knowledge, since the days of Richard Nixon and Watergate. Comey's statement particularly detailed a series of interventions by Trump soliciting his assistance in getting the criminal probe dropped. These details are red meat for a prosecutor. 
Presumably, the team of experienced criminal prosecutors at Special Counsel Robert S. Mueller III has assembled will be following up on this crucial testimony, which rests on contemporaneous memoranda that Comey was sufficiently alarmed to prepare immediately after receiving the president's request. Now, the obstruction of justice statute prohibits not only successful interference with pending criminal investigations, but also any use of threats to endeavor to obstruct an investigation. Now, you may have heard of Robert S. Mueller III. I actually know him personally. How do I know him personally? Well, in the mid-90s when I was in private practice and doing a lot of criminal defense work, Robert Mueller was the head of the homicide division of the U.S. Attorney's Office in Washington, D.C., In the mid-90s, I was representing a fellow charged with first-degree murder, and the prosecutor was Robert Mueller. I got to know him. He's a hard-nosed but fair prosecutor. He's very good at what he does. He had been the U.S. attorney in San Francisco. He'd bounced around in the Department of Justice. He knows an awful lot. As a matter of fact, our case didn't go to trial because when I told my client about the background of the prosecutor Mueller, He decided he wanted to take a plea. However, I do commend Mr. Mueller as being um, fair but tough. He leaves no stone unturned. But let's get back to Mr. Lacavera, who was a Watergate prosecutor back in the 1970s when they wrote articles of impeachment against Richard Nixon. He goes on, he says that um, there's a lot of evidence that there were threats. Comey's testimony supplies the element of threats. He vividly describes a dinner with the president on January 27th, which the president surprisingly limited to just the two of them. The president asked Comey whether he liked his job and wanted to continue in it, even though before the inauguration the president had asked Comey to stay on the job and Comey had eagerly accepted Now, on February 14th, there was another one-on-one meeting with the president, and in that, the president specifically ordered the Attorney General Jeff Sessions, who was in the meeting, to the home to whom the FBI director ordinarily reports, ordered the Attorney General to leave the office where Comey was alone with Trump. Trump allegedly said, I hope you can see your way to clear this up, to letting Flynn, that's Michael Flynn, who was the, um, had been the national security advisor, to go. He is a good guy. Let him go. I hope you can let this go. Now, Comey was taken aback by all this. Mr. Flynn was under investigation at the time by the FBI for lying to the FBI about his ties to Russia and his work with Turkey. And this investigation is still going on. On May 9th, Mr. Trump fired Mr. Comey, the FBI director. He uh, wanted to close the Russian thing, as he calls it. He even bragged to senior Russian officials in private over in a private office. I'm sorry. He personally bragged to senior Russian officials in a private Oval Office meeting 
that uh, he had accomplished the end of the Russian probe by firing Comey. Well, it didn't work. It's only gotten worse because yesterday, which I think I may have said was Mr. Trump's 71st birthday, news came out that he is under investigation for possible obstruction of justice. Now, that's not a great thing. Mr. Lacovera believes there's enough evidence already on the record to show that there was obstruction of justice, actually more evidence than they had on Richard Nixon when Nixon decided to resign. So we will see how this goes. Now, there is more to this. We've heard Comey testify as to why he thought he was threatened by the president and that why he was asked to to stop the probe against Flynn, who's still under investigation. And he's not the only one that's been called to testify. Yesterday, his boss, Jeff Sessions, the attorney general, who has recused himself from the Russian investigation, went before the Senate and testified about what he knew about the firing of Comey and whether he knew anything about the Russian meddling in our election. Now, I can't tell you everything that Jeff Sessions said in the hearing. I listened to most of it. He has a very bad memory. He was asked some questions about certain things about uh, Comey, about the president, about the Russian affair. He came out swinging. He had his own prepared notes, and he testified that he had nothing to do with Russia. He didn't know anything about the firing of Comey. And then he was asked questions by various senators. And he said, among other things, I do not have any relaxation. I do not have any recollection of meeting or talking to the Russian ambassador or any other Russian officials. I would have gladly have reported the meeting, the encounter that might have occurred. I guess I could say I could, I guess I could say that I possibly had a meeting, but I still don't recall it. Another time he said, I'd have to rack my brain, but I don't recall it now. Another time, I don't recall it, Senator Warner. I don't recall that, Senator Rubio. I'd have to think about it. I can't recall it, Senator Machen. We may have discussed that. I just don't have a real recall of the meeting. This goes on and on. I don't recall any such conversation. I don't recall ever having such a conversation, nor do I recall any conversation with Russia officials at the Mayflower Hotel. I don't, I do not recall any of the individuals having meeting with Russian officials. I don't recall it. I don't recall. This goes on and on and on. He has a very bad memory or he may be covering up something. Now, us old prosecutors are suspicious when people's memory starts to fade as much as Jeff Sessions' memory has faded. And I suspect just based on what I know, that if he lasts in office three more weeks, that'll be good because I think he's going to resign. Jeff Sessions sounds like a man who is guilty of knowing something and doesn't want us to know what he knows. 
However, he may well be called before the special prosecutor, Mr. Mueller, who can put him in the grand jury and ask him questions under oath. And if he fails to testify, he's got Fifth Amendment privileges, but if he perjures himself, he may be put in jail for contempt. If you lie to a grand jury, if you perjure yourself, you have the notion that the court can put you in jail for the remainder of the time the grand jury is sitting. For a federal grand jury, they sit for 18 months. So I think Jeff Sessions will retire or resign. He's not fit, in my opinion, to be the attorney general. He knows too little, and I think he's covering up. Well, these are my opinions, and I've told you a little bit about former Watergate prosecutor. I've given you some words from E.J. Dion about Trump and why he may not be the best president because he wants to be an authoritarian in a democratic society. It doesn't work well. Now, it's almost time for another break. I'm going to come back and tell you that there is a little more problem for President Trump that just came up day before yesterday. That is, D.C. and Maryland have sued the president, alleging briefs of constitutional of his constitutional oath. So stick with us. This is Leonard Birdsong Radio. I've got more for you when we come back from this break. Consumer Debt Counselors is the company that will help you get out of debt. Consumer Debt Counselors is a licensed, accredited nonprofit agency that specializes in educating people about credit and debt and helping people resolve issues with debt, even student loan debt. There are so many federal regulations. Most people have more options than they realize, and Consumer Debt Counselors can uncover all of your eligible solutions, including lowering your payment or getting out of default. If you want a partner that will work with you to achieve financial success, talk to the team at Consumer Debt Counselors. They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, so these guys are the real deal. Your first consultation is free, and all sessions are kept confidential. Give them a call at 1-800-820-9232 or go to ConsumerDebtCounselors.org slash birdsong. The number again is 800-820-9232. Are you considering law school? Then you probably have tons of questions about the application process, the admissions process, the benefits of a legal career, and what it takes to succeed in law school. You'll find the answers to these questions and more in Professor Birdsong's Law School Guide, Techniques for Choosing and Applying to Law School. Inside, you'll find helpful chapters on the history of the lawyer, why you should apply to law school, things you need to know about applying, and more. You have the ability and the drive. Now, get the advice that will guide you into the legal profession by helping you successfully submit your application to the law school of your choice. Professor Birdsong's award-winning Law School Guide, Techniques for Choosing and Applying to Law School. Available for purchase on Amazon.com or through the author link at LeonardBirdsong.com. You're listening to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Here's Professor Birdsong. 
so happy to be back with you. Yes, this is Leonard Birdsong. I've been talking about the potential constitutional crisis that may be brewing in Washington, D.C. What do I mean by crisis or potential crisis? Well, it's never good in our government when there is problem with the executive. The executive can be impeached and he can be removed from office for treason, bribery, or other high crimes or misdemeanors. Do we want a president who is dishonorable? Probably not. He's under investigation, as I said, for perhaps obstruction of justice. Obstruction of justice has been uh, sort of a key in the few impeachments that or tried to be brought by Congress and have been brought by Congress. But now, Donald Trump has more problems here. A couple of days ago, the District of Columbia in Maryland sued the president, alleging breach of his constitutional oath. What is the constitutional oath that the president of the United States take? On September, strike that, on January 20th of this year, 2017, the president took this oath. It is in Article 2 of the Constitution. It says, before he enters on the execution of office, the president shall take the following oath or affirmation, quote, I do solemnly swear or affirm that I will faithfully execute the office of president of the United States and will, to the best of my ability, preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. Now, just before that clause... It's called what's called the emoluments clause of the Constitution. Basically, it says that the president will receive compensation for his role as president, but during the time he's the president, he's not to receive any money from anyone other than the United States or any other foreign policy. So the attorney generals now for the District of Columbia and the state of Maryland have sued Trump alleging that he's violated anti-corruption clauses in the Constitution by accepting millions in payments and benefits from foreign governments since moving into the White House. The lawsuit is the first of its kind by government entities, and it centers on the fact that Trump chose to retain ownership of his company when he became president. Trump said in January that he was shifting his business assets into a trust managed by his son to eliminate to eliminate potential conflicts of interest. But the Attorney General Carl Racine of Maryland and Attorney General Brian Frosch of the District of Columbia say Trump has broken many promises to keep separate his public duties and private business interests. For one, his son Eric Trump has said the president would continue to receive fairly regular updates about his company's financial health. The lawsuit goes on to allege unprecedented constitutional violations by Trump. The suit says Trump that Trump's continued ownership of global business of his global his global business empire has rendered the president deeply enmeshed with a legion of foreign and domestic government actors and has undermined the integrity of the U.S. political system. Fundamental to a president's fidelity to faithfully execute his oath of office 
is the Constitution's demand that the president disengage or disentangle his private finances from those of domestic and foreign powers. Never before has a president acted with such disregard for this constitutional prescription. Now, the suit could open a new front for Trump as he navigates investigations by Robert Mueller's investigation into possible collusion between his campaign and the Russians. All I can say is stay tuned. We'll see what happens. But again, I think Trump, President Trump, is in trouble. I think that he should get some good criminal lawyers on his side. I don't think the lawyers he has working for him now know how Washington work, or do they know much about criminal law, or what happens with respect to impeachment. But we'll see. A lot of people still like him. I read an article, no, I read a, a, a headline yesterday that the president's disapproval rating is at 60% of the nation. That doesn't bode well. But again, we will see what happens. Stick with us. I'm not just talking politics. I'm talking law and politics, not to bore you, but to inform you. Now, again, this is not a political program. It's one to entertain. I have a couple of more news tidbits that I'd like to read to you before we go, and I've got a couple of riddles that I'd like to share with you. So let's get back to... The news tidbits. Headline, 9-11, get me to Hooters. A Florida man wanted to go to Hooters so badly that he allegedly told 911 dispatchers he needed a ride to the restaurant because his grandmother had just suffered a stroke in the parking lot. Instead, 28-year-old Jonathan Hinkle got a ride to the Brevard County Jail <laughs> after deputies searched for three hours for his grandmother. When they finally found her at another location, she said she hadn't had a stroke or asked anyone to help her. Hinkle was arrested on charges of misusing 911. He was released on bond a few days ago. Uh, records don't list an attorney for him. Calling 911 to get a ride to Hooters. Here's a funny little story I found, a news tidbit, headline, Bacon Saved from Frying. A truckload of pigs wasn't ready to become pork chops, despite being parked in the sun for hours in West Virginia. Bystanders called the fire department Friday after spotting 165 panting pigs in a seemingly abandoned tractor trailer outside a Long John Silver's restaurant in the uh, town of Charleston, West Virginia. Firefighters were called, and they doused the pigs with water and had the truck towed to a shady spot until the Ohio company that owned it came to retrieve the animals. The driver, Keith Strikeleather, 55, said it was his second week on the job, and he said he went for a walk and lost track of time. <laughs> Bacon saved from frying. How about that? All right, here is my last tidbit of the day. And this is a cute one. comes from Pennsylvania. A Pennsylvania woman said her only regret in life was not finishing high school. So Teresa Brandle donned a cap and gown during the last week of May 
and picked up an honorary diploma at the age of 105. She was surrounded by four grandchildren, eight great-grandchildren, and five great-great-grandchildren at her Oakdale nursing home in Pennsylvania. Brandel, who attended the Stowe High School, had to drop out to care for her ailing mother years ago. That, that is a story, a news tidbit. Good for her. She got her high school, or at least honorary, high school diploma. All right, it's been fun being with you today. We're coming to the end of the hour. I'm here with you live on Thursdays from 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm here to entertain you and tell you some things you might want to know and some things you might not want to know. But my job is a unique blend of humor, opinion, storytelling, and information. That's what my job is on Talk Zone Radio. Let's end the program with a couple of riddles. I know some of my colleagues that I work with like to hear these. First one. Why was the turkey arrested? Why was the turkey arrested? Can you figure it out? Well, the turkey was arrested because it was suspected of foul play. <laughs> um, here's another one. What happens when you tell a skeleton a story? What happens when you tell a skeleton a story? You know. It goes in one ear and out the other. <laughs> All right. Well, I have fun with these riddles. You may have heard this, and this is a real easy one. You should all be able to get this one. What did the mayonnaise say when the fridge door was opened? What did the mayonnaise say when the fridge door was open? It said, close the door, I'm dressing. All right, folks. Well, those are some riddles I had for you. I hope you enjoyed them. Tell them to your friends. Maybe you can stump them. This is Leonard Birdsong of Leonard Birdsong Radio. You can find my books at leonardbirdsong.com. You can read for free my blog at www.birdsongslaw.com. All one word. Birdsongslaw. Dot com. I enjoy being with you here on Talk Zone. You hear some of my funny stories, you get some of my opinions, and maybe even learn a little something. If so, I feel good. I will be with you next week on Talk Zone, Internet Radio at its best. Until next week, this is Leonard Birdsong saying sayonara. Consumer Debt Counselors is the company that will help you get out of debt. Consumer Debt Counselors is a licensed, accredited nonprofit agency that specializes in educating people about credit and debt and helping people resolve issues with debt, even student loan debt. There are so many federal regulations. Most people have more options than they realize, and Consumer Debt Counselors can uncover all of your eligible solutions, including lowering your payment or getting out of default. If you want a partner that will work with you to achieve financial success, talk to the team at Consumer Debt Counselors. 
They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, so these guys are the real deal. Your first consultation is free, and all sessions are kept confidential. Give them a call at 1-800-820-9232 or go to consumerdebtcounselors.org slash birdsong. The number again is 800-820-9232. 